welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there in the world, out there in the Chiefs Kingdom, out there in the NFL uh, society, whatever word comes with that, I'm not really sure. But we are back again with the Sports Buffoons here. Mike Settle running in here, as well as Tanner Dawson and Jason J.G. What's up, What's up fellas? What's, What's going on? Buffoon show. What's up, yo? It's always a buffoon show here. I mean, that's not a surprise by any means. So people are used to that by now, I would say. So uh, how are you guys feeling, though? Feeling no, great, right. man. I'm ready to talk some fucking bullshit over here. <laughs> feeling talk some all good right. <laughs> so, I think, is that, an, is that dude, just to be clear, is that an Aaron Rodgers reference? Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers no. did say he he said there people say bullshit every once in a while. Yeah, he he's he, well right. He he's also I think a little tired of people saying bullshit. It's probably <laughs> part of his problem lately. Is the you know the, the guy's also got some of those like he's got the angst. He's got the thing where he's like constantly angry at things all the time, and like he's had family issues in the past and et cetera. And you know, I understand why him and Danica Patrick didn't work out because I mean you got You got to alpha woman with an alpha male and those two things are not going to work out very often because Never gonna work Danica out. is going to be oh. a big bitch and then Aaron's going to be a butthole and that's what happens in these worlds you know so we all learn our ways of life I guess but uh, guys we learned a lot uh, this past weekend about the Kansas City Chiefs didn't we? Yeah we did. So we did. I mean obviously this this game against the Baltimore Ravens was uh, very fun very hyped up and uh, obviously, we both were we all were confident in what we thought was going to happen in this game. Um, but at the end of the day, we saw some problems with the Chiefs' defense and Chiefs' even offense. Offensive line, I think, had some issues. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had some issues. Uh, the Chiefs' defensive line had some issues. And so I think that's just something we're going to talk about here for a little bit today, without a doubt. Uh, we have fantasy to go over. Stick around for that, without a doubt. Those of you out there with fantasy leagues. Stick around. We have some must-starts of the week, and it's not who you think it's going to be. It's not your typical guys, so be on the lookout for that later on in the show here. Uh, first and foremost, you guys, so uh, we're going to be a little goofy today, of course, as we always are. We're also going to be serious. Right now is a serious topic. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're not happy right now. I mean, we're no. happy with, with, with the loss, and you know, if things didn't fall that way, if Clyde didn't fumble, the Chiefs probably win the game. And then are we upset? I mean, no, because we're going to be happy we're 2-0. But we still have issues with this team, and that's something that needs to be discussed right now. And so one of the things I want to talk about you guys today is the idea that the Chiefs' defensive line might have actually regressed from last season as of this very moment within two games. And now I know people out there are like saying, like, well, hold on. They just play the two best rushing offenses in the NFL. I mean, it's hard to tell, blah, 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 whatever. Look, they're giving up six yards per carry, and also – this is the this is a rush offense giving up 202 uh, yards per game right now on the ground alone, and so that itself is a problem. Now the, the average NFL team is not going to give up that at this point, so that's something the Chiefs have an issue with this. I think Chris Jones winning the defensive end has been a quality movement, but also we have not seen the impact we wanted to feel yet. Uh, so I think it's something to watch for as things unfold. So, anyways, guys, I have a question for you two. My first question: Has the D line regressed from last year? Tell me why, why not? I want to hear your thoughts. Hell no. Hell no, it's not regressed. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, we got guys like Nick Bolton, who's a rookie, and we're expecting him to be better throughout the course of the year. And also, we need Willie Gay back. And 
if we can get Willie Gay back on this defense, we're, we're going to get better. Uh, the other thing I look at is the fact that Steve Spagnuolo, he's, he's a slow starter every, every single year. And uh, so that, that defense is going to be better. And also, like, we're not going to go up against Lamar Jackson every single game. We're not going to go up against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt every single week. So the defensive line hasn't regressed. I feel like it's going to get better for the rest of the season, and it's only week two. And if you guys are sitting out there thinking that it has regressed, like, you're, you're making a mistake because it, it's only going to get better from here on. So the defensive line thing, though, you brought two linebackers who have been missing a little bit out here. Nick Bolton's going to get better. Nick Bolton actually leads the team in tackles right now. Willie Gay needs to come back because he needs to show and prove himself as a teammate of the Chiefs because we've seen very little of him. When he's been on the field, we've liked certain things we've seen, of course. Um, but defensive line-wise, is Jerron Reed's lack of an impact so far making a, a thought in your mind, an imprint in your mind, either one of your minds right now? Not really. Jerron uh, uh, Reed, this is not a Jerron Reed problem. This is not a Chris Jones problem. This is not a Frank Clark problem. Guys, I'm, it's, not, it's not in my mind of that specific problem. The reason this defensive line is looks like it's regressed is because we start like this every freaking year. Every the past fucking two year. years. Back in 2020, guys. We can go back to 2020. Face the Texans. 242 yards passing, 118 yards rushing, one turnover. 118 yards rushing, one turnover. One turnover is what we gave up. To the Chargers. 236 yards passing, 183 yards rushing, one turnover. And guess what? We went to the Super Bowl that year. 2019, we won it. Jags. First game was the Jags, right? Remember that game? It was a fun game. Three or, uh, 347 yards passing, 81 yards rushing, two turnovers. Raiders, 178 yards passing, but it was 129 yards, 29 yards rushing. And we had two turnovers then. Guys, we start like this all the time. This is... This is an overreaction statement for after two weeks by far. Because those two years, what happened? My, my main concern, Tanner. We I went know. to the Super Bowl. Right, sure. And we won one of them. Sure. My main concern, right, as of this moment at least, is that these Look. two teams we just faced are going to be in the playoffs. The Browns will be in the playoffs, and so yeah. possibly will the Ravens. And so I look at those two teams, and those are two teams that can run the ball very, very well and get pushed off the line right off the bat. And the defensive line is getting pushed back play after play. We saw it come down to a fourth down right there at the very, very end of the game against the Ravens. And Lamar knew he could take it on his own because our D-line was going to get pushed back. No matter what, there was no chance for the D-line to make a play on that ball. And so, just, I think, I mean, I'm not going to say they regressed, but I'm going to say that it's a, it's a problem right now. Just remember, we're, we're missing Willie Gay. We don't have Wilson this year. So now we got our starting linebacker out from last year. Or not starting linebacker, but it would well, be started this year. Normally, Willie, Willie would replace Damien right now. In this, Correct. In this Correct. So, but Damien's still a piece in the last couple of years for us that is gone for the linebackers. Nick Bolton, who isn't doing a bad job, still a rookie, still trying to get his feet wet. Your defensive line changes with Jones moving to the outside. Reed on the inside from Seattle. Mike Dana and Kando are your out looking for your two or uh, three backups on the end, right? Like, there's. Mm. There's not consistency. And if you want to go back to the Ravens game, guess who was missing? Guess who was missing? Not all on the line, but just on the defense. Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. Where was he? Where was he? 
The team doesn't believe in him as a run stopper. He played 11 snaps. That's 14% of the snaps versus the Baltimore Ravens. Sorensen played 76 snaps. He played literally every single snap. And he led the team in tackles. But he also led the team in missed tackles. Yeah, but he was was the only guy in position to make any kind of play the entire game. Sure, but I can't hate on him. The Thornhill topic is something we can talk about later on. Thornhill, though, is a concern. That's a concern. Well, he should be on the field more. Correct. Like, one way or the other. Like, let him fail, let him let him succeed. But either way, he's got to prove himself, and the team needs to give him an opportunity to be on the field to make that happen oh, one way or the other. Right. So. All right, so with Thornhill, he played 11 fucking snaps, yes. right? So that's a concern. And why why isn't he playing more? But um, to your point, Tanner, I mean, we have, Steve Spagnolo, he's a notoriously slow starter, right? And we talk about this mm-hmm. every fucking year. Why are the Chiefs, Why does the Chiefs' defense suck? And we we say this every fucking year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but we we say this every fucking year. First sure. two, three, four, five games, and so that's why it's not a huge concern for me, is because Steve Spagnolo. Even when you you go back to the Giants, all of his Giants defenses, they they start slow, and then they they show up think, in in the playoffs. Yeah. So. I, I mean, honestly, I'm not complaining about Spagnuolo, and I probably never will, really. But, like, imagine Spagnuolo having the defense with Derek Johnson at linebacker, with Tom Hawley and Justin Houston and all that. Like, that would have been amazing to see. I mean, because Bob Sutton, had, Bob Sutton was running that defense, and that became a shit show. And that defense had playmakers all across the board there, whether you're safety, you got Eric Berry at one point, DJ in his prime, and Houston, of course, and Hawley. Like, mm-hmm. we're looking at this team right now, and we've got playmakers across the board. We got Lajarius Sneed, who I think is a you know all pro in the making, and Chris Jones, of course, switching to a new position, which I would like to see more out of, of course. And that's part of my thing is like I want to see more push through making TFLs. Where is the TFLs coming from right now? Correct. So the defensive line has one tackle for loss through two games, and that isn't a sack. And like that 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 takes away Chris Jones' two sacks currently from week one, and. So one TFL right now, and they are getting pushed off the ball, and the defense is allowing 202 rushing yards per game. So that's what I mm-hmm. discussed a little bit ago. So to me, I just I look at that as being a, a major issue right now at the moment is that the D line's not getting penetration right now to split in the backfield, do those kinds of things to make a play in the backfield, and that's what's bothering me the most. Um, so, anyways, you guys, I have another question for you. If we can move on to our second part of our little debate here. Yeah. My next question for the Chiefs here. We're only doing two today is who is failing more? Is it the offensive line, or is it Clyde edwards Lair? Jason, what do you think? Yeah, for me, it, it's 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 got to be the O-line. Because when I look at the running backs, you know, Darrell Williams' yards per carry is 3.7 for his career. He had three rushes for negative two yards in the last game. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, his yards per carry is 4.3 for his career. He had 13 rushes for 46 yards, which is three and a half yards per carry. And for me, I'm not gonna blame the I'm gonna blame the O line here because they need a little bit more time. You know, we're in week two, week three, whatever you want to call it. They they need a little bit more time to develop some chemistry here. So uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the O line on this one. Uh, I'm blaming I'm blaming Clyde. I'm blaming running backs, period. Yeah. I just, I think the should O-line's they, should doing Should they be jobs. Jamal Charles and make chicken shit out of chicken, chicken, chicken well, salad got, chicken shit? 
Chicken. Yeah, Clyde running. <laughs> right. So Clyde has 89 yards and a fumble this year in two games. Yeah. Granted, they were against pretty good defenses still. As a team, we're 135 yards, 41 attempts total, two touchdowns. We look. Our, we were hoping this year with a new line that we would be a rushing team, right? Like this was kind of our hope. Like, hey, we're gonna be able to run the ball. So with one this. fucking fumble, Tanner. One fucking fumble. You got to try to hold him accountable for no. one fumble. Yeah, I am. Especially when you're in your game-winning drive, first off. That's fine. Take care of it. But well, I mean, what are, what's our expectations of this like running game? What are we? Our the expectations, expectations are obviously improvement. Do you want? Year. Do you want to run sixty to eighty yards per game, or are we looking for one hundred twenty yards to one hundred sixty yards per game? Expectations. Efficiency. That's all that should matter the most. It doesn't matter how many attempts or how many yards you get. Efficient. When you have the ball in your hands, be efficient. Averaging 3.3 yards per carry, or like what Jason no. just said, 3.7 yards per carry for Darrell Williams for his career, that's not good enough. No. We need four and a half. We need five yards per carry. That's what I want to see for this rush offense. I'm fair These guys that. are not doing that, that at all right now. And Darrell Williams, he came in last game, and he rushed for negative two. Right, and three carries. So that's that's, that that's perspective tough. a little bit. but Three carries, negative two still. Like That's not pushing it forward. So it could go back to the line of not doing a running game, but they're protecting our guy, Patrick Mahomes. I just think that at the end of the day, the running backs are going to do their job. You know, I understand Clyde fumbled the ball, but like that's he's going to learn from his mistake. You know, he's not going to fumble the ball in the fucking playoffs when the game's on the line. And that that for me, that's that's the biggest thing for me is like he's going to learn from his mistakes. Yeah, he's going to learn from his mistakes, but I also want to see a better production from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire overall because mm-hmm. since I think it was week seven or week eight last year against the Bills, he had 161 yards rushing in that game, and ever since then has not really done much. He's had injury problems, had a high ankle sprain, and so through over that time, that's been fine. You know, guys have injuries. That's normal, whatever. But here's the thing. The, the guy has not proven anything yet to be making mistakes and be able to get away with it. And I've talked about this with Jamal Charles in the past where – Jamal Charles, it was a fumble, was hit some fumbleitis. You know, he was a fumbler in his career with the Chiefs. And here's the thing. He was allowed to do that and get away with it, and we could forgive him. You know why? Because he was electric on the field. The guy was a playmaker. You knew anytime he had the ball in his hands, it could go for 60, 70, or 80 yards, and Chiefs record 94 yards in one, in one play. But here's the thing, is that Clyde has not done any of those things yet. He's not been explosive. He's not made, you know, impact plays yet for the team. And so I think that's something that we're lacking – Clyde does not get a free pass on his mistake and on his fumble in this game we just had against the uh, the, against no. the Baltimore Ravens. No. Yeah, and that, that's my point. I'm not going to give him a free pass, but I am willing to give him a pass for this one this one fumble that he made. Just you know, remember, like people cre- think people think this is a catastrophic catastrophic fumble, and it was. But I, I'm willing to give him a free pass this one time. And yeah. see how he responds to that. But I remember going back. I remember this week um, so far. I heard one compared like, oh, well, Kareem Hunt fumbled the ball once too. Well, yeah, that was early in the in the game week one. That was it wasn't a game-winning drive. Center, that was literally his first play ever. Yeah. And he's never fumbled again. And it was there. early. Yes, early on. This is not a game-winning drive. And Kareem was very efficient within this Correct. offense. He didn't. He averaged, I think, 4.2 yards a carry, which isn't phenomenal. But when, when it came to getting first downs, he had the strength to power through those, those tackles and make plays. I don't have too much to say about Kareem Hunt because he likes to kick women. That, that's, you know, we'll leave it at that. Sometimes they deserve it, you know. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. So, seriously. I mean, 
that's a that's a that's a uh, debate for another day. Shall we call it that? Sure. Good roundhouse kick every once day. in a while doesn't do it harm, right? <laughs> so rough. So rough. All right, guys. Well, you guys have settled the debate, I think, a little bit. Now, to the back to the offensive line point. I saw Trey Smith get pushed back quite a bit mm-hmm. throughout this game, and uh, they're they're not pretty right now. The offensive line does still need to gel a little bit together. The rookies need to come in clutch a little bit better. We ran to the right a lot. Like I'd like to run to the left a little more, where you got your big boy Orlando Brown Jr. over there. And Joe Tooney right Joe, there, baby. Joe Tooney. Let's go. But here's the thing, Tanner. Why do you keep running to the right? I saw that too many times, and that's confusing me because when you're playing in a big time game like that, like save that stuff when we're playing. I don't know some little little pussy willow team like the it, Texans or something. I don't know. Maybe but. it's Creed strong point and he can get across quicker. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's something go with the, it. You got to go to the left where you have your newcomers, you have your big yeah. your big dudes over there, and the guy you paid as the top left guard in the entire league this past offseason. Mm-hmm. So that's got to come into account. And I, I think we're going to figure this out, you guys. Chiefs will figure this out. But as of, as of right now, they are failing in the run game, and they're failing at stopping the run. Yes, they are. And so that is an issue. Either way you want to look at it, no matter what, right now, there's a lot to work on. All right, guys, so Chiefs-Chargers coming up this weekend here at noon. And so, uh, obviously, this is not going to be an easy game. The Chargers are a good team. Justin Herbert coming into year two uh, is really trying to mature himself a little bit. I did see him make – he still makes bonehead mistakes every once in a while. Like, you can tell he's just a young dude. He's making some you know errors here and there. He's not quite as savvy and like Patrick Mahomes uh, when it comes to passing the ball. Um, but, I, but Herbert still has great ball placement. I saw a throw he had made to uh, Austin Eckler during the game last weekend that was literally a 30-yard handoff. It was literally Eckler's streaming downfield, and he places the ball so perfectly in the guy's, like, right in between, right in his, right in his elbow, you know, in the ins- inside of the elbow, in the shoulder right there. And it was just in stride. There was even coverage on top of Eckler. It was just – Herbert has amazing talent, you guys. Mm-hmm. So let's not forget about that in this game. Keenan Allen still, as we know, has been a superstar in this league for a while. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get at Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is a touchdown machine. All of their good for the red zone. And they got Jared Cook on offense, of course. Defensively, uh, Joey Bosa's you know, healthy right now, so that's good for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Durbin James is back from his injury as well. So those guys are rolling. Now, that doesn't mean there's not problems there with that team because I think if we're looking at the Chiefs and Chargers right now, Chargers are sitting at one and one But the Chargers also – uh, have given up 162 yards per game so far on the ground and 177 in the air. So against the pass, they're actually doing better than they are on the ground. They are third to last against the run. So, guys, speaking of Clyde, this is his chance going against a team who currently ranks third to last and giving up rushing yards right now. This is the chance to make the run game work again to get back on pace because this is, you know, you got to get a rhythm going here a little bit. So, anyways, guys, I want to hear a little bit of your thoughts on the Chiefs Chargers. Yeah, you know, I I don't care if you want to make the run game better again. I don't care if you want to make America great again. Whatever the fuck you're talking about. Uh, The bottom line is here, people want to know how to bet on this game. And I've had so many people come up and talk to me and say, I'm taking the Chargers in this game. And, you know, the Chiefs are minus six and a half. And I I totally disagree with the people that are going to bet on the Chargers in this game. I think the Chiefs are going to cover we all know that Justin Herbert is amazing. You know, he won the Rookie of the Year, and I mm-hmm. get that. But in the medium to long term, you know, Justin Herbert is going to be uh, an amazing quarterback. But we're talking about the short term here. And the Chargers are number one 
in the NFL in penalties. And that's that's the problem I have with the line on this game. Chiefs favored, minus six and a half. You've got Patrick Mahomes pissed. Okay? You've got Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards Hilaire is pissed. Okay? Because he just fumbled the ball. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he's pissed because you know why? Everybody's out there saying, oh, Derwin James has always shut your ass down. Right? <laughs> that, that's not going to fucking happen in this game. Tyreek Hill is fucking pissed. You know why? Because he scored five fucking fantasy points in the last game. Okay? So, Chiefs minus six and a half. They're going to cover that fucking spread. Okay? As much as I love Justin Herbert, as much as I love that Chargers roster, it's not going to happen in this fucking game. Okay? So, I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. I got the Chiefs like 35-28. So, it's probably going to be worse than that. But this is, it's not my easy money bet of the game, but it probably should be. What do you think about that, Tanner? It's interesting. It's interesting right there. They're going to cover it, dude. They're going to cover it. You know they are. You had a lot there. You know they're going to cover it. I think they will cover it. I think it'll still be a close game, but I think they will cover in the end. Um, So, guys, this might be the game that we've been waiting for. This might be Clyde Edwards' game. It might be the game. Everybody's pissed. Antonio Gibson. 159 yards, week one. What? Antonio Gibson? Antonio Gibson had 159 yards, week one. Okay. On 33 attempts. Week two, they faced the Cowboys. The Chargers did. Tony Pollard. Pollard led the rushing game. 123 yards in a TD. Ezekiel Elliott, 104 yards in a TD. This is Clyde's game. This is Clyde's game. This is his big explosion game you've been waiting on since the Bills. Uh, it's been right? a while. He's due for one, Tanner. And you know, to the Tony Pollard point right there, a lot of those came actually on reverses and some end-around type of style of runs. And so yeah. the Chiefs might actually be more effective running or handing the ball off to actually Michael Hardman or, or Tyreek Hill in this game. So you could see some reverses we, here in this game that would work quite well. The whole fact was that the three main running backs in these last two weeks are above 100 yards, right? All above 100 yards. Right. So this is Clyde's Clyde. moment. Let's go. To right here. Prove himself. It's time. And this, honestly, if he goes out of this game right here against the Chargers, shits to bed again, I mean, they might close the book. I mean, we might say, okay, we've seen what he is. He's a scat back, backup running back. He he's not worthy of being the RB1 for the Chiefs. No, he's just right. a receiving back. So we'll have to look so, at it that way if things fall that way. So, but outside of that, guys, look, Chargers offense, like Jason, or like Mike said, look, they're good. They're good. They're going to put up plays. They're going to throw a deep on you. They're going to throw play action at you. It's it's going to be a struggle. I have a feeling we're going to see another struggle with the defense again. Um, they're the whole reason why it's going to stay close. I don't think Patrick Mahomes makes those dumb mistakes like he did last week with that interception late. Um, I Look, I, I agree with Jason here. I think they cover, though. I think they cover the bet and Chiefs win on this one. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing about the Chargers' defense right now and their biggest weakness right now is in their linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm a, I personally am a big fan of Kenneth Murray, the linebacker they got from, I believe, OU is where he went to school. Yep. Uh, I think he's a great athlete, big size. He's actually a guy I wanted the Chiefs to look into. Uh, the Chargers ended up just kind of stealing him from us, I think, in the second round of that draft. Uh, but they got to get pushed, no matter what, up to that second level on the D offensively, on the offensive line, Tanner. And so when we're talking about Clyde, talking about some of his issues, and he's a little slow at times. But the offensive line has to prove themselves and prove their dominance right now and their strength in the run game 
and get to that second level, second level meaning get to the linebackers. Right. So get through those defensive linemen, get those guys off your off your block, and then move upfield to the linebackers. Once you can block the linebackers, then Clyde has space to work with and can run for chunks of 15 to 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm looking for. Um, now, to me, just stop Keenan Allen, stop Austin Eckler, which easier said than done. Chiefs win easily on that one because. So okay, so I'll, I want to put this to you guys. I want to know what you guys would fucking bet on with the Chiefs minus six and a half because I'm going the Chiefs are going to cover that shit. So, so like, what do you want? Would you take the Chargers? Would you take the Chargers and the points? No, I think Chargers no, cover this. I, I think I think Chargers cover. I think Chargers are within six points of the okay. Chiefs. I think this is a, a I think, close. Game. I think Chiefs cover. So you're saying okay. the Chiefs win by seven, maybe. by seven, at least seven, seven at least plus. by a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. This is. This is everybody Everybody on that team. Like I said, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, they're all fucking pissed. And I, as as I, much as I believe in yeah. Justin Herbert in, a, in the season-long bullshit, you know, he's going to have a great season. It's not going to happen in this fucking game. You're, you're, I think this game destroyed. you're going to see the Chiefs kind of come more down to, hey, we're not going to be all fancy. We're not going to be dumb about stuff. We're going to make sure we protect the ball, and we're going to try to go get the ball. Yeah, it's like that's all it is. That's all it is. I, this is not my easy money game of the week, like I told you guys, but it, it's kind of a hint. I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you guys a hint out there. If you want to make some easy money, you know, just take these little hints that I'm giving you across the board. All right, guys. Well, anyways, we've seen now two weeks of the NFL unfold, and uh, I think we have some interesting things to look at here. We have a couple surprises, a couple things that are you know we should expect. I mean. Whenever we're sitting there seeing Cooper Cup have four touchdowns, you know, I expected that. That's why I drafted him in my fantasy league. Mm-hmm. You know, Russell Wilson still putting up numbers. Kyler Murray doing exactly what I thought he was going to do so far to this, this point in the season. Patrick Mahomes putting up good numbers in fantasy. Um, so overall, I think we're seeing a lot of what we expected so far. Uh, I think right now for me, I am impressed with Mac Jones for the Patriots. I think Mac Jones right now is throwing for 74% completion percentage right now. Keeping things short, keeping things easy. James White, as I predicted, was an important is an important piece of this offense because he's the easy check down running back slash receiver kind of a style that fits perfectly for Mac Jones's or what he's going to need because they have they have shitty receivers, guys. Oh yeah, the Patriots receivers are are complete dog shit, and so I think that it's one of those things where it's awful. He's just have to work with what he's got. He's got one touchdown in the year, no picks, which that goes a long way as a rookie. And I, you guys know how much Bill Belichick hates turnovers. So, you know Belichick's beaten to Mac Jones' head. Don't turn that fucking ball over. And Mac <laughs> Jones is not turning that fucking ball no, over. No, he's not. So, one, one touchdown, no picks. Now, one touchdown's not It might be low-scoring games he's playing in. Sure. But, but except for last game. Last yeah. game, he, they did put on points. But but still, like, they're that's the whole point. It's protecting yeah. the ball. Yeah, schematically, uh, they still know what they're doing over there in mm-hmm. New England. Even though they might not, they may lack the the firepower of the quarterback by being like Tom Brady or the receivers being like Randy Moss and Welker and everything else they've ever had. Yep. You know the the, the Troys and the David Givens, all the other guys. Yeah, all the other guys. I guess you're not tired. No, he meant to say Ernest Givens from the 1980s. Not, not Ernest Givens. <laughs> I've got his rookie card, by the way. Ernest Givens. Thinking of a few different receivers they've had in the past, actually, and, like just kind of compiling them in my brain, but. Um, so, anyways, guys, I got, I got that. Like, Mac Jones looks good, I think, overall. I think he's going to actually be a really, really solid player in the league mm-hmm. due to the coaching of uh, Bill Belichick, which 
Mac Jones will be around longer than Belichick will at this point. So keep that in mind. So look for that in the future to unfold. Maybe when they build the team around him, he'll become really good. And uh, Arizona 2-0, exactly like I expected. Yeah, I like My it. favorite NFC West team. Favorite? Really? They are my favorite NFC West team. All out of everything. Okay. Oh, oh, the Cardinals? I love the Cardinals, guys. Okay. They're, They're fucking them. amazing. I've been They're talking about the Cardinals for weeks. They're amazing. All right, guys. So here's my kind of like take back, my thoughts, my takeaways from week, uh, two weeks here. Um, how great not only is the NFC West division, but the AFC West division is going to be this year. Oh, they're fucking amazing. Like, those are the two best divisions per conference. Easy. Easy. And it's proven. They've proved it through two weeks, through exciting games, through just stats galore. So let's go to the AFC West real quick. We have Teddy. Teddy, guys, came out firing. He's found receivers. Jared Judy goes out hurt. Guess what? Corlin Sutton, you're ready to play, baby. And he, he blew up again. Teddy is, has Broncos 2-0, and and they're beating up on the bad teams that they're supposed to. They're gonna, they will cause havoc in this division. Derek Carr leads the league in passing. And, and I mean, that defense is nasty as well. So I like Derek Carr. The Chargers are really talented. As we saw, they come back with close games. It might be another year where they just lose those heartbreakers. Chiefs have Mahomes. This shit all over the place. He'll score, and you'll, you, you know, you'll have to force with not only his uh, teammates on offense, but that defense will come along. NFC West, guys. Stafford, perfect fit for that offense. Can you, can you, can you disagree on that one? Oh, I love Stafford right now at the Rams. Cooper Cup monsters. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I love seeing him successful right now. Yeah. I love seeing him enjoying playing football because the guy deserves it. The guy's been a warrior with the very shitty Lions team for quite and a while. I, I think that's helped the so. defense out too for the Rams because they played. Well, they're motivated because they know they got a great quarterback. Yeah. With them now. now they they, they like, have somebody to back up. Yes. Have we ever seen something like this before in the past? Like I know Ryan's hand helmet from the Dolphins and all said successful Titans. with the Titans. But like have we ever seen a quarterback go ten or more than ten years actually? He's drafted in 09 with a team that was disgusting and abysmal. Abysmal. And now all of a sudden he goes to a successful franchise, and we're actually like all excited for him because I think I don't I've not talked to one person yet who's not excited for Matt Stafford yeah. to be on a successful franchise. And yeah. you've never seen anything like this before. Do you know yeah. why? Because he's carrying on the torch. You know who he's going to carry the torch for? Fucking Barry Sanders, who played on shitty ass teams his whole fucking life. Why, why and not? who else? Calvin Johnson. Yeah, so say Calvin Johnson. So, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. What, so Matthew what you Stafford. Mean, he's doing the thing they wish they could have done. Oh, yeah. Correct. You're trying to Correct. say. Okay. And he got but out. He got out. He I was the it. one that got out. He's got all that bullshit True. on his back. He was the that. one that Good got out. Good way to put that, Tanner. He's the one that got away because he got he escaped the asylum, uh, and he was able to now be free and go to somewhere that's going to be worth it. And that's, that's why I'm saying it's going to be the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That'd be a Fuck great game. The Bucks. Fuck yeah. the Bucks. And so the, there is a good game coming up, though, for the Rams. They get the Bucks this week. This weekend. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Yes. So I'm excited for that. Russell Wilson, guys, Seattle. Look, Russell Wilson's going to score like 50 points a game because that defense is not going to hold people, period. Yeah. We saw it with the Titans game. Titans came back. Derrick Henry ran all over them. Now he leads the league in rushing after that one game. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, but Russell Wilson, still Russell Wilson. He's still got his weapons. Arizona, they got lucky. They got lucky this weekend with that missed kick. But it was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. And we got to see a few guys open up, too, for uh, Arizona as well. Look, they got four wideouts that can be forces on that team. Moore, Green, Hopkins, and Kirk, guys. Like, this is going to be nasty. That's not even talking about Edmonds and Connor in the backfield right now. 
So it's things are happening for them. They have a great defense. I'm excited for them. And the following the 49ers, look, their their defense is going to carry this team throughout the season. And as long as they can stay healthy, all these other teams are going to have issues with this 49ers defense. But it all depends if they can stay healthy. Who cares what Garoppolo or Lance or whoever starting quarterback is? It depends on this defense for Anatics. Just look, this is two exciting divisions this year. I'm taking it away as my it's gonna be one of these divisions that I will probably watch more of these games than any other games this year by far. Alright. Yeah. So my biggest takeaways from week two in the NFL season is number one, Daniel Jones. And I know you guys are out there thinking about the New York Giants because you guys jizz all over them every fucking week. Uh, he's got 516 yards, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he fumbled it once. My, my biggest takeaway from week two is the fact that Daniel Jones, he's in a bad organization. So Awful, dude. Daniel Jones is the guy. He's my latest as far as organizations to ruin a career. And... There, there's a lot of guys that have their their quarterbacks, their careers have been ruined. And there's a, a lot of guys in the works uh, where we talk about Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm a little bit worried about Joe Burrow because he's on the Bengals. Yeah, that's a little rough. But I, I worry about guys that their careers are ruined, a la Andrew Luck with the Indianapolis Colts. They ruined his fucking career. And he was an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. but they ruined him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm worried about Daniel Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be the latest guy that uh, we're going to look back on his career and say, yeah, they they fucking ruined him. To go back on that point, you're talking about Daniel Jones. I mean, that's a guy that's kind of like the Jets. The same same kind of thing that happens with uh, with Zach Wilson right now. But the Daniel Jones idea is that he's now in year three in the NFL. And so it's one of those things where, like, can this guy escape the the, the, the jailhouse right now of being on a shitty team? I mean, Sam Jones escaped. Matthew Stafford escaped. So those like, guys are blowing up this year. Like, you hope for the best for those can guys. Can he escape the Giants? No. There's no way in hell. No, because his career's over. I mean, he's done. He, he was drafted in the first first round mm-hmm. three years ago, which means that maybe he's got two years left on his contract before he can leave. And so at that point, I think that's just something to look forward to. Maybe Daniel Jones can give – get a second option some, somewhere else to play somewhere else. It's going to be worth shit because the Giants are never going to be worth a shit anytime soon. Let's put it that way. No, and I, I I hope he can get out of that situation. But, I mean, if he's if he's done, he's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Giants, they they very Is well he mentally have, done, though? I don't think he's mentally done. I don't think he's mentally done in, in the same way that I don't think Ryan Tannehill's – Ryan Tannehill wasn't mentally done. Right. But yeah. – I mean that that's that's my number one takeaway from week two in the NFL is like I I think they are actually going to ruin his career and it's not something that I wanted to happen but I think I think he's cooked uh, and beyond that I look at the uh, the team rankings and completion percentage mm-hmm. and uh, I'm looking at the top five in the NFL Baker Mayfield has the number one completion percentage in the NFL 81.6 and then number two is Teddy Bridgewater 77 percent so my my point is that like it's a little bit too early in the season to try to rank these guys you know because no it is you know nobody's gonna take Baker Mayfield 
and Teddy Bridgewater and say, oh, those are the top two motherfuckers in the NFL. No, that's never going to happen. But at the same time, we got to take this shit seriously. So Dak Prescott is number three, mm-hmm. and he's 76% completion for that. So for me, I think the breakout candidate of the year is going to be Dak Prescott. And it's not because I'm a fucking Cowboys fan. Because I can't You're stand not? I'm, I can't stand the fucking <laughs> Cowboys. But like he might be the guy that's gonna break out because he's slightly above Patrick Mahomes in completion percentage this year. Dak, Dak also has Ezekiel Elliott running the game running the ball. He has Amari Cooper. Well Zeke CD Lamb. Yeah. Well, Tony Zeke Pollard. Tony, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. He's blown up this year. <laughs> Tony Pollard one showing up right now, not really. Hey, so. still this whole fact that you have these two weapons that in the backfield that you have all your wide receivers, the best wide receivers. Well, trip. I mean, whatever. We, we always knew Deke, or Zeke and uh, Dak. We knew Dak was going to blow up. Yeah. Point. So that was a matter of just seeing it unfold yeah. because the, the weapons they have, as long as they're all healthy, you're all there and ready to and go. And also, if he touched the throw 56 times like he did in week one, heck yeah, he's going to leave. Yeah, stuff. and I agree <laughs> with you guys. We we all knew at some point that Dak was going to blow up, but we never thought that we, he was going to be number three behind fucking Teddy Bridgewater. Nobody ever thought that shit. Hey, it's part of early in the season, man. Early All right, guys. Season. Any other week two thoughts before we move on here to our fantasy segment? No, no week two thoughts. No, no more. more. Oh week man, two that's it for now. Yeah, we we have a bullshit. lot. We have a lot of uh, things. Oh no, I did have week. another week two thoughts. Oh no, you haven't. Oh, okay. I did have what another thought. All right. Well, if you want to just go down the list. Too late, man. The the we, number we seven. Do you guys want to know who the number seven player is in completion for that in the fucking NFL? Number seven? It's Taylor Heineken. And I was once told, once upon a time, that if you're a quarterback named after a beer, a la Heineken beer, you're going to be a shitty-ass fucking quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he looks pretty pretty damn good. Taylor Heineken is number seven. He looks pretty damn good. And 40 of those were against the Giants. So So get ready to fuck your own ass, Bucks playoff game. No. 40, no, right now, no, right now. What are we talking about? Tyler, Taylor Heineken. Taylor Heineken. His three starts. Stop. No, right now, this year, Tanner. Not, this year. Not, yeah, yeah, this no, year. He's have three starts right now. Okay. The two games. I'm saying his la- his only three starts is against in the playoffs right. against the Bucks. Okay. Right? And my, my whole point, point, guys. I'm just saying, like, he had to play. He played the hell so of a game. He played against the Giants. Okay. He the damn. Give me, a, give me a moment here, because... Taylor Heineken is a shitty-ass fucking quarterback, okay? You understand I that. don't think he is. We all understand that. He's the number Heineken. seven quarterback Heineken. in the league. And fucking completion percentage, okay? So just <laughs> hold the horses when you when you start to talk shit about all these fucking players. You guys are talking shit about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire after two fucking weeks. Shut your ass, okay? He's going to show up eventually. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's go fancy time. Taylor Heneke. Let's see if maybe let's see his name. He's a great. He's a great fucking player. All right. Great player. All right. Get a little wild now. Right now. All right. Let's move on. Wild. It's more important. Let's do it. Right now, which is your fantasy football team. Those of you out there watching. So your fantasy team matters the most over anything that Taylor Heineken is apparently doing right now. So guys, so what we have, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some must starts of the week. And we both have two each, and so they're secrets. We don't we don't even know each other's right now, which is good. So yeah. they're probably all going to be different, which is also good news. But we're on different reasons, and so those of you out there with these players on your team, 
look at your roster. I want you to understand why you should be taking the players you're taking right now to be put on your starting spot in your roster this week. Or if you're on DraftKings, pick these guys up to be placed in there for a cheap option. These are not obvious choices by any means. Marvin Jones Jr. is my first one for this list. He's got 20 targets so far on the season, which ranks him in the top 10 on targets in the entire league right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, likes him quite a bit so far. So, so far that matchup is going well. The Jags were playing from behind against the Cardinals all game long. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Cardinals will get up early, as we expected, against the Jaguars. And at that point, Trevor Lawrence will probably have to throw the ball 40 to 50 times in this game if they want to have a chance. And so Marvin Jones Jr. will be getting plenty more targets going his way. Currently, he's at 11 catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Expect him in this game right here to have roughly around seven catches for 110 yards and one touchdown. And this is a, you know, obviously a uh, buy low situation kind of thing coming right here from Marvin Jones Jr. And if you have DraftKings, plug him in as your cheap option. And one more for you guys, Kenny Galladay. Guy that we've kind of all forgotten about. He's got 14 targets so far. He's facing a defense that has given up eight passing touchdowns in two weeks. Are you kidding me? Going against the Atlanta Falcons. So eight passing touchdowns allowed by the Falcons right now. Kenny Galladay with 14 targets. That's it. So he's absolutely due to have a big game and prove his worth as a giant. Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay hook up without a doubt for a touchdown. And Kenny Galladay puts up at least 90 yards receiving. Guys, what do you got? I got a couple of guys as far as must-starts this week in the NFL. And I'm going to go with number one, Quintez Cephas. And Who? the reason I bring Qu- him up Quintez is... Fetus? His name is Who? Quintez Fetus. Fetus. Quintez Fetus. 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 Like, Fetus. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. But the <laughs> bottom line with Quintez Fetus is that he had 13 fucking targets in two weeks. He had two fucking touchdowns and a two-point conversion. And uh, the bottom line with this guy is like... Guys, I have to understand, when you're playing on a college team like the Detroit Lions, they're not even in the NFL. Like They're going to be coming from behind. And what do you do in fantasy when you're coming from behind? You're going to throw that fucking ball. So we got Quintez Cephas, and I actually think Jared Goff, as shitty as that guy is, uh, Jared Goff is a shitty-ass fucking quarterback, but guess what? He's got a hard-on. You know who he has a hard-on for? Quintez Cephas. So, I mean, you know, you got to... Tyrell Williams is fucking injured. He's not going to play in this fucking game. So, uh, Quintez Cephas is the go-to guy in Detroit when you're coming from behind, when you're a shitty-ass team, and you're going to throw the ball every fucking down. So, Quintez Cephas is my number one guy. After that, I'm going to go with Adam Humphreys of the Washington Football Red team he had eight fucking targets seven receptions 44 yards last week and his quarterback is guess who it's that taylor fucking heineken the guy that i, I told you what he's named I'm, I'm after talking about heineken when you have when you're a quarterback and you're named after a fucking beer you probably suck but at the same oh, time man. you're gonna force feed the same motherfucker that you force fed last week which is adam humphreys so you know, Adam Humphreys, eight targets last week. I'm going to say he's a must-start. Oh, man. That's that's classic. Here, here you go. All right, guys. So here for my must-starts this week here is K.J. Osborne with the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. 
Um, he has been a favorite the last couple weeks for Kirk Cousins. Uh, he has 15 targets, 12 receptions, 167 yards, 13.9 yards per reception, and one TD. He has also been the scapegoat for Kirk Cousins when Jefferson and Thielen are covered, uh, and as well as Cook. And, I mean, they face Seattle, and we saw what the Titans did in Seattle. They're going to open up that uh, that slot game up, and here comes K.J. Osborne in. So I'm looking at K.J. Osborne to have a really good game this weekend against that Seahawks defense. And then the second one I got here is Zach Pascal, wide receiver for the Colts. Wentz is out, so it's Jacob Eason time. Titans defense has given up the most points to wideouts for the last two weeks. Granted, they did play Arizona first week, but they're still giving up tons of points. Um, so I don't see that changing even with Jacob in there. This guy had 11 targets this season, nine receptions, and 81 yards, and two touchdowns or three touchdowns. He's been a red zone favorite. Look at Zach Pascal. If you're in a deep league here and need to start somebody. Yeah, Zach Pascal's been really impressive yeah. so far. And you guys all out there know, following along, I'm a big Michael Pittman Jr. fan. And he's he's obviously getting involved as well. But uh, I'm curious to see. So you you like Eason Tanner. I do. What is it you like about him and it's going to help his offense? I mean, what? He's similar to Wentz in a way. He throw the deep ball. He's going to get the ball to where he needs he, he did, to be. He did throw a deep ball interception to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, he's look, game. he's not. He's not starting material yet. He's still a young, still a rookie. The guy is going to go out there and air it out. All right. Well, the, the Colts game, just save it, dude. This is in our fucking picks of the week, so just save that bullshit. <laughs> We're going to give you the lowdown on that shit, okay? I, that's That could be my easy money bet of the week, right? Uh, I'm going to make people money on that fucking game. I don't right? know. We'll have to see on that one. We'll have to see on that one. All right. <laughs> well... Now that you mentioned it, Jason, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we are now doing the picks of the week. We got only five games this week, so five important games. This is where Jason's the money man. He's going to try to make you some money here. I, w- I wish I knew. Now, I think at this point, I, th- I think I'm still ahead maybe by one game on the pickums so far. I think so. But I need to go back and recheck on that. But we'll, we'll look into that as time rolls on and see who's, who's the leader in the clubhouse here of our pickums. But game one, guys, I'm going to kick it off this time with the Chiefs and Chargers. So you guys already gave your input earlier, right? Any final thoughts on Chiefs Chargers wins and losses here? No, for me it's like the it's the Chiefs are due. They're gonna tighten up that fucking defense in this one. So I I've got the Chiefs covering the spread. I told you guys why. All these fucking offensive players, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, they're all fucking pissed off. They're gonna cover that fucking spread. So I'm gonna go 35-28 Chiefs. And it could be worse than that. This could be a fucking blowout. Uh, I, I agree with Jason. I'll go 35-28. I think it's, I mean, I don't see the Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw for four, three, four touchdowns. He's pissed, I dude. think Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets at least gets in the end zone once. He's pissed, dude. I, I, I've been this. sitting here all fucking weeks listening to these motherfuckers on the radio saying, oh, Derwin James. Oh, Derwin James. He plays well against Travis Kelsey. Well, what do you think Travis Kelsey's going to do? He's going to fuck him in the ass. Okay, it doesn't matter. So we all know that's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you play well against Travis Kelsey because he just opens up a new game plan for you later on. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Chiefs, easy over Chargers. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little closer than you guys both think here. Um, I think that we're going to see a pretty tough game. I think the, the Char- Chiefs do end up winning this game 27-23. And don't, don't even score I, 30? No, not even 30 against the Chargers. Oh, that's going to be fine. They're going to have a different kind of approach, and uh, I think we'll see something different from the Chiefs. and. It'll be a close, hard-fought game, but the Chiefs do come out clean 
because they will run the ball more than they've ran the ball so far this season. And that you'll see that because Dotson keeps it clean a little bit closer, but the defense will play better. Mm-hmm. And Herbert gets a late game touchdown to make it seem closer than it really is on the board. So gotcha. I'm going Chargers to cover that point spread we talked about, Jason. So as you guys know. All right, guys, after that, we got Colts and Titans this week. We got the Colts uh, host, hosting the Titans. So it's in Indianapolis. Uh, what do you got, Jason? I think everybody in this game is going to pick Tennessee. They are favored by four and a half. Tennessee minus 4.5. And when I look at this game, I mean, the Colts nearly upset the Rams. And so the Colts are going to establish the rum game. They're going to pull off the upset. Jacob Eason, he's going to be a good game manager in this one. You know, everybody thinks, oh, Jacob Eason, he's, he's a piece of shit, right? Like, just take the Rams or take take Tennessee or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one. So, Colts, they're going to cover the points. Okay, okay, I like that. Um, I'm going to go Titans for the win on this one. Derrick Henry continues his his run of rain or Keen Henry, whatever you want to call it here. He'll probably go for at least another 80 to hundred yards this shoot this week, but look at it to be a running, a running back kind of game. Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to have another hunting yard game as well. It's a trap game. This is a trap. It's, game. It's Tennessee's sure. defense is not the same Tennessee's defense. We saw last year. This team is struggling in all phases of, uh, of the off from the offensive side. So we got to look at here at Jonathan Taylor having a good game. And if Jacob can get his stuff right, we'll get some of these receivers here and get some big games. So I'm going to still go Titans, though. I think the Titans end up winning it uh, by touch, or by 10 points, actually. 10 points. Yeah, it's going to be a really good game. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it quite a bit, even though we're not seeing Carson Wentz in there. I think the Titans are the better team, and I think the Titans do pull away with the win here. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones got a touchdown last week. Yeah. And yeah. so he's getting in the mix. He kind of broke out a little bit, too. Yeah, so. he's trying to get involved in the offense. A.J. Brown can't catch a ball to save his life. Adjust, but adjust to his new quarterback. That's otherwise. And, well, you know, if you don't want A.J. Brown, you got Julio over there. So that's always a cool thing to have, right? So uh, that's something to think about. I think that the Titans definitely win, though, because of the running game, because of the versatility. If they need to pass, they can. Mm-hmm. Colts, um, Jonathan Taylor, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor. I think he is a, a very good player. Um, but I just don't think that I could see the Colts coaching out coaching everything the Titans are doing right now. So I just look at it that way. And I think the better overall structured franchise right now is the Titans. So I'm going Titans on that one. I'm not giving you guys a score because I think it'll be actually fairly high scoring game. Mm-hmm. So defense will be cool. out the out the books on this game. After that guys, we got one that could be low scoring and maybe uh, we got Washington as as Jason calls them the red team. Um, Washington red team versus the Bills <laughs> <laughs> versus the Bills in this one. We're at um, Washington for this one. Um, so what do, you, what do you guys got for the winner on this one? Well, first of all, I call them the Washington Red. Because uh-huh. instead of the football team, I think they should have called their team the Red. The Red. You know, kind of like along the lines of the Syracuse Orange. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they took away the Syracuse Orange men. They just call them Orange. I, I wish that the, uh, the you-know-what should have called themselves the Red. But anyway... I'm going to go with, uh, you know, you look at Buffalo. They're minus eight and a half in this game uh, at home. And that's a pretty big spread there. 
and you got a guy by the name of Taylor Heineken, which I don't know how many times I've said that fucking name on this fucking show. That poor guy. I mean, that poor motherfucker, he's thrown for 336 yards in week two. I, I think that Buffalo's going to clamp down on the running game this time, and I think that Taylor Heineken, uh, drinking all those beers, is going to shit the bed this week. So I'm going to go 31-20 Bills. The Bills are going to cover the 8.5 points. Wow. All right. Uh, I, I like the Bills in this one for sure. I think I agree with Mike. It is going to be a low scoring. Uh, it's Look, the Bills' defense here just stopped the Dolphins 35 nothing. even though Tua went out. The Steelers game was 23-16. These guys are getting are really putting their defense to the test and trying to get everything figured out there. So I think with Washington here, I think they control Washington. I think they control Taylor. I think they control uh, uh, Gibson. And I don't think you're going to have a high high rushing game at all for Gibson. I don't think you're going to have a high – you're going to have possibly, I think, two turnovers from Taylor. So I'm going uh, uh, Bills over Washington, 13-10. Yeah. I think it's going to be really slow scoring. I think Heineken, dude. It's Heineken. Washington has a good defense without a doubt. They do. They do. That's going to be kind of a battle of the defense. So do the Bills. The Bills also have a good defense. Bills are actually top five right now in fast defense Mm -hmm. as far as completion rate. And then they're top ten against the run. So Bills have not allowed a rushing touchdown yet this year. So Antonio Gibson is going to be in for a workload if he's, you know, obviously involved in this game. And so it's going to be difficult, of course, but – I could see the Bills really picking it up and making some plays if Taylor, uh, as Jason likes to say, Heineken, uh, is, is, is playing all game. He's going to be some mistakes happening, and the Bills will pick him off. Bills also were the best team in fantasy this past week against the Dolphins. Shut them out. Was it 35-0? 35-0. Yeah. So watch for that again. I mean, that's going to be a possibility, actually. I could see another shutout happening. So yes, yes, watch for that. Guys, the game of the week. I got the, oh, sorry. I should have to say, I got the Bills winning officially. Since Tanner last year tried to butt fuck me and take away one of my picks. No, I didn't do that. You did you it did. yourself. You did. You did it yourself. You did. You knew who I was picking. You did it yourself. But you didn't want to count my picks. I still yourself. won the damn thing. All right, guys. Game of the week: Buccaneers versus Rams. I am so excited for this game. I, I I'm almost excited for this game just as much as I am for Chiefs versus uh, Chargers. Like this is going to be an awesome game. And uh, so for this one here, I can't answer it. Jason, go ahead. Yeah, you know, you guys, this should have been my easy money game of the week, but it's not. I, I can't tell you why it's not. It's just not my easy money game of the week. But, it, you know, Tampa Bay at the Rams. I mean, the Rams are the last NFC team to beat the Buccaneers. And that was without Matthew Stafford. So my prediction in this game is that Tampa Bay is going to shut the bed especially if Antonio Brown doesn't play in the fucking game due to COVID. And uh, you guys let me know what you think about this. I think Tom Brady, he's smart enough to know that he wants to win playoff games. So I think Tom Brady's going to throw this fucking game. He's going to throw it. (laughs) So you can take this game to the bank. It's not, just to be clear, it's not my easy money bet of the week. So don't be coming. I don't want to see any of you motherfuckers suing me. And taking me to court for this fucking game. But the Rams are going to win this fucking game. Oh, my God. Tom Brady's not throwing a freaking game. Get out of here, He dude. throws games. If Look, you're going to play until you're 50 years old, you're at some point you're going to pick and choose the games that you're going to throw. Okay. And I just found this out. This is a this is an insider secret. If you guys want insider secrets, 
I just found out that Tom Brady wants to play till he's 50. I'm, so, glad, I'm glad you got that insight. That's a <laughs> long way to go, guys. A long way to go. What are you going to do? You're going to start throwing these fucking regular season games that don't fucking matter. All right. So, guys, I'm not even going to go deep into this one because this is just going to be a shootout. It's going to be Stafford versus Brady. Cup versus Evans. Robert Woods versus Godwin. Like, it's just going to be an insane game. You're not going to see much of a running attack on either side. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Gerald Henderson, Sonny Michelle. Nothing's going to really much going to happen. I don't think this time. To me, it's a defensive battle. I'm excited to see how well, Aaron Donald does against uh, The only way the that anybody scores points, it's going to be like the Dallas game that we saw opening huh. Thursday night. And it's just going to be your Stafford and Brady are probably both going to throw anywhere from 45 to 60 attempts out there. And it's... It's just going to be an insane passing game. So, if you have receivers on these teams, start them. Uh, but I, I end up thinking that Brady wins this game. I don't think he throws it. I think Brady wins, and I think it's by a field goal. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun game without a doubt. But it's going to be tough either way. Oh, I think defensively, it's going to be fun to watch. you got Antoine Winfield, of course, who, who showed up and has proven himself a little bit as a player now. And, uh, you know, Devin White, of course, from LSU, has come along. Proving himself to be a great linebacker. Levante David, of course. Pierre Paul is all those guys. hurt with his hand and shoulder. Oh, but his hand? Shoot. Did he blow off his other finger? He might have. I don't know. Well, okay. he, he forgot to have to do fireworks again. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, this seems to be a, a common theme with him. But, <laughs> no, otherwise, the Buccaneers just have a stacked defense instead of the Rams. And I'm looking forward to seeing this is an absolute battle of the two best teams in the NFC. And that's why this is going to be a show to watch. This mm-hmm. is going to be... The game of the week, without a doubt. There will be no other games this week that are as fun to watch as Bucks Rams because of the talent you have on both ends, offensively and defensively. So I'm very excited. Uh, I personally have the Rams winning this game. I think the Rams will end up prevailing in this, and it's not going to be your easy. Money down. Throw your money in there. Not putting my money in there. Shit. Not putting my money in there. Your fucking money. In but I believe in the Rams. <laughs> I believe in the Rams at home. I'll take the Rams yes, at home. You do. Look. East Coast team traveling to the West Coast. I take the Rams here because of that factor alone. So if Tom Brady was still sitting on his little island out there in Florida, then maybe, you know, that would work out differently. Do you really think that Tom Brady and LeBron James and Michael Jordan gave a shit about regular season games? No, they didn't. They don't care. They only give a shit about the playoffs. Well, right, because it might motivate Brady to actually lose this game to the Rams because they're going to see them again in the playoffs here in just four months. He's going to throw it. You guys understand Tom Brady's going to throw a game. What? He's throwing the game. No. And you guys will never hear this on any other network. (laughs) You'll never hear it. I'm trying to warn you guys, because I love you guys out there that listen to this fucking show. Tom Brady's going to throw this fucking game, and you fucking know it. And, you know, I I hope you listen to me, but if you don't, you know, that's on you, dude. You got to take my fucking advice. All right, let's see how it unfolds and plays out. He's got to throw that fucking game. We'll see. We'll see. If it's close, he's not going to throw it. He, whenever he throws games, he shits the bed early and often. Nobody he does not can. He does not lose games that are close. So keep that in mind. But I'm going Rams anyway. Okay. So, anyways, guys, we got one more. Seahawks and Vikings. That is our final game of the week. What do you guys got on this one? It's going to be a really tough game, too. Jason, is this your easy money? Yes, sir. It is my easy money. Bet of the week. I wanted it to be the Tampa Bay Bucks, but I couldn't do it because the Seahawks are favored minus one and a half at Minnesota. 
The Vikings are not going to go 0-3 this year. They have lost back-to-back heartbreakers because of field goals. Kirk <laughs> Cousins is 0-3 against the Seattle Seahawks since he signed that motherfucking contract with Minnesota. My easy money bet of the week. I mean, Minnesota's going to win this last game. fucking game, guys. You know they're going to win. So, easy money. I'm going with the Vikings on this shit. Yeah, I'm not going to put much into this one here. I think the Vikings do win, and I don't think they win by a field goal. I think they win by a touchdown. So they don't have to worry about a freaking field goal this week. Um, Just for the fact that they, I mean, Cook is going to play with his ankle injury, right? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen. Could have decent games, but I think Osborne, like I said earlier, is going to be one of the keys. And that defense for Vikings is looking pretty damn good. So I'd say I'm not a big fan of Seattle's defense, and Seattle's banged up on the offensive side right now. I I truly think it's going to be a game, but it's going to be a victory of more than just a field goal by the Vikings. So I'd say Vikings by seven. Jason, does it scare you knowing that the last time the Vikings beat the Seahawks was 2009? Oh, I mean, shit. that's a big dick right there in your face. So... That's gonna That's be your easy two. money. So this is the easy money pick of the week. The last time. But it was 2009. Take it to the bank, dude. So, so the what bank. you're saying is they're due. They're, they're maybe due. I mean, the, the Seahawks are now well in the last seven in a row against the Vikings, which is crazy to me to think about. But they're not due, man. I, I'm telling they, you that the Russell Wilson is going to throw this game in the same. Oh, okay, we're we're going to stop fucking, right there. All right, no, all right, guys. Okay, fuck you, dude. Nope. Russell, <laughs> no, I'm no, Brady. Nope. Brady. nope. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, gonna throw Russell this Wilson game. will prevail once again, and hey, he will win don't this lose game money. against the Vikings. You said Russell Seahawks. Wilson wins? Yes, the Seahawks win. No, okay. Seahawks don't lose Seahawks money by listening eight, to my Seahawks fucking partner. Now win eight here, okay? in a row against the Vikings because 09 was the last freaking hey. year that the Vikings won against the Seahawks. If you guys listen to me, you'll make money. If you listen to my fucking two dildos over here, you're gonna lose your ass. Hey, last okay? year, who was the Pick'em champion last year? I was. Actually, yeah. Keep that in mind. Well, what is that based off of? All the pickings we did. You fucking cheated, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. You cheated. Guys, All right. we're going to wrap it up here. And I appreciate you all checking into our show tonight. And we have a lot to talk about throughout. We actually, we're going to do some more TikToks yes. here in the future. We need to get that rolling once again. Follow us on TikTok. We are at Sports Buffoon on all of our social medias. Correct, Tanner? Correct. Okay. Sports means Twitter, everywhere. YouTube, means Spotify, means whatever. Like, subscribe, oh, all that stuff. follow, download, Please. whatever. We're going to be here. here all season long, so stick around for more buffoonery. Uh, and also some you know, some knowledge here and there every once in a while. Sure. So we provide a little bit of both of being goofy asses, and we're, we're proud of it. But we also provide some knowledge at the same time, so that's what we do best. Yep. Guys, all right, you guys. I will see you all on the next one. Yes, sir. Sports Foods. We're out.